0: hong kong's next chief executive and russia says it's in control of the vast azov style steelworks in Mariupol. you've been listening to the news on rthk i'm dr patrick yu covid-19
1: vaccination is the most effective way to prevent severe illness and death
0: more than 100
1: million children worldwide have received vaccination we are working at full strength to have children aged 3 to 11 to get vaccinated the two covid-19 vaccines used in hong kong are safe and effective no severe reaction has occurred after vaccination. Even among those with asthma, food or drug allergies. Protect your children. Act now to arrange vaccination.
2: I am a primary student. I want to get vaccinated. Good morning and welcome to The Week on 3, I'm Christy Lai. I hope you're having a great start to your weekend. And just maybe, it will include a trip to the cinema, a real one. Our movie critic James Marsh raved about a new release yesterday on Morning Brew. That's pretty rare, as you'll know if you listen to him regularly. Let Marsh help you make a weekend plan right now as he tells you all about what he thinks could quite possibly be the best film of actress Michelle Yeoh's career.
3: Everything, Everywhere, All at Once stars Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn, who is a middle-aged Asian American immigrant living in uh, Southern California. Yeah. Uh, she runs a laundromat. She has a rather meek and, uh, subordinate husband, played by Ki Hoi Kwan, who we'll get him back to in a minute. Uh, her elderly father, played by the great James Hong, is, a, is a, becoming an increasing burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is growing distant from her. 20-something daughter, Joy, uh, who, among other things, has come out as a lesbian, and although everybody on the surface is supposed to be absolutely fine with that, she has angst, not least, about her grandfather, her father, so Joy's grandfather, finding out that his granddaughter is gay and all the problems, when they are slapped with a massive tax audit. Jamie Lee Curtis's auditor, Deirdre calls them into the IRS office Mm. and says, look, this does not look good uh, I am ser- in serious seriously contemplating taking your business away uh, at which point, in the elevator, her husband Waymond, and it is Waymond, and I want to get back to that as well, Waymond turns to her suddenly and says, "I am not your husband. I am your husband from a different dimension. Something has happened. We need you to help us restore order to the multiverse, save the world." Uh, And you have no choice, but and you've got to do it right now. Otherwise, the entire world is going to come to an end. Evelyn is like, wait, what, come again? (laughs) And then what you get is this movie that is essentially part sort of the Matrix and part uh, sort of MCU movie. And it should be pointed out that this movie is produced, it's got nothing to do with the MCU whatsoever, but it is produced by Joe and Anthony Russo, who did direct um, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and and are are very much part of the, uh, the architects of the MCU. But what this is, this is about a woman being faced with the opportunity to connect with every alternate version of herself. She is uh, said to be the worst version of herself. And that is why they have turned to her for help, because the only way is up, essentially. She is positioned that she can now access through the multiverse, every different version of herself, draw from their experiences, draw from their powers and... She comes across alternative versions Great of herself concept, or, con- isn't it? or connects with versions of herself, one of which is a martial arts expert, one of which is a sort of Hollywood style celebrity, uh, one of which is a, it's not a sushi chef, it's more like a sort of Mongolian barbecue chef. All of these different versions of herself, she is able to make contact with, draw upon and utilize in order to save the universe from essentially this apocalyptic conundrum that, that is that is this clash between her and her daughter. So it is kind of mind boggling in its setup, but incredibly lucid and clear in its execution.
0: It's not one of these movies where you're just supposed to, oh yeah, just believe it. You know, you've often told me that before. No point explaining it. Just go with it.
3: Well, because there's kind of no science involved. Yeah. This isn't this isn't like I have a time machine, come with me. How yeah, does yeah, yeah, time yeah. travel work? We don't have time to explain that. This is purely just there are a number of different realities. Okay. And you know, which is which is a a premise that we have been obviously introduced to many times, not least through the MCU with like Spider Man and Doctor Strange and what have you, but also with films like, uh, you know, with shows like Rick and Morty and and what have you. Is this somehow easier to grasp for the layman in some bizarre way? I can't speak for you, but for mo- most people, yes, it should be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so what they what they say is basically every little choice life choice you have ever made every relationship you've decided to pursue or not pursue yes has obviously a ripple effect a butterfly effect and will change and changes everything creating an infinite number of different universes different Mm -hmm. realities parallel dimensions and all of those exist all of those exist side by side and what this film allows evelyn to do is reach through and access all of those. So what you have at the center of it, you have a family drama just about the the intergenerational or the cross-generational uh, connections that are becoming frayed and, are, and are untethering her entire reality, her entire world. You also have an incredibly uh, creative, imaginative, mind-bending sci-fi fantasy movie. You have a martial arts action movie. Uh, you have a wild, bizarre hybrid comedy at play anyway i thought everything everywhere all at once is fantastic it's one of my favorite films of the year so far it's incredibly imaginative it's it's hugely entertaining it gifts michelle Yeoh arguably the best role of her career it's so multifaceted it's so multifaceted um there are so many great sort of movie references in there as well there's so much absurdity uh there's so much pathos it really kind of is this kaleidoscope the smorgasbord this cocktail that has it all and finds the perfect balance go see it it's finally out here it's been it's been a rave in the us ever since it played at south by and it's here now do not miss the chance see it on the big screen see it with an with an audience it's great
2: praise indeed from our movie critic james marsh everything everywhere all at once speaking about the weekend If you enjoy something outdoors, and happen to enjoy some rather artsy exhibitions, I might have just a thing for you. The French May Arts Festival is making a return, and on Friday, Xavier Ma, the general manager of the festival, and dancer Joseph Lee joined Sadi Usmani on The 123 Show, where they gave an update on the activities and events taking place between now and June. From exhibitions, to films, and even food, I'm sure there's something bound for you.
4: Today, uh, um, yesterday, actually, because we, we did an, uh, um, an opening yesterday, uh, st- starting the French gourmet market, mm. and I know it's so popular, and mm-hmm. uh, even this morning I saw on Instagram so many people attending the French gourmet market at Central Market, so it's the first time for, for French May mm-hmm. uh, to um, to have this event happening in this very uh, important uh, uh, monument in Hong Kong, so people could uh, enjoy purchasing wines, uh, cheese, and all French gastronomy. And I know that you like it. Yes. <laughs> but French art is not exclusively gastronomy. And uh, since Art Basel and, and Art Central uh, is starting next week, mm-hmm. so I really recommend to uh, to visit all the exhibitions uh, with the French May. So um, we have many galleries participating in the festival. So, and uh, for example, this Saturday, it's a South Side Saturday in Wong So many galleries are invited to do some events. So I really uh, recommend you to visit exhibitions uh, with Sin Sin Gallery, Boogie Boogie Photography Gallery. And uh, in Central, we have Opera Gallery, who is uh, uh, starting today mm-hmm. uh, uh, an exhibition with uh, a French painter. So it's a very interesting one. We also have um, a gastronomy so exhibition I mentioned. Uh, we also have a very meaningful he- um, talk uh, online, uh, it's a heritage, it's all the relation between China and Versailles. Huh? Um, a very important monument in ahead. France uh, over the years. And uh else? So I think I mentioned many things already yeah.
5: yes there's just so much there now obviously um, we can go to the French May website and all the list of the programs are there and stuff but it sounds amazing I mean and we have got some beautiful weather as well I mean the humidity hasn't taken over us yet so it is a fantastic time to do that okay let me go over I'll talk to you again in a few moments let me just go over to Joseph Joseph welcome to the studio
2: oh I,
5: ha- I have been trying to get you to do a bit of dance in the studio but <laughs> First of all, I think. Now, this sounds like a very interesting thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the pop-up dance, can you explain exactly what that is all about?
6: Well, basically, we're collaborating with a French choreographer, Christian Rizol, And then, uh, because is not in Hong Kong, and then we are actually, there are five local artists that will be doing a work on their own, but then under the guidance of Christian. So basically, he gave us a list of instructions. To respond to the city, and then to bring the work that we made uh, into West Kowloon. Mm-hmm. So I think is a uh, and it will happen in the uh, I think it's outdoor area. We we are not sure about the location yet. Okay. But then, um, yeah. So basically, we will have five short pieces by five local artists in collaboration with them.
5: You being one of them.
6: Yes, I will be.
5: So basically you are you were told the day before as to where you have to go yeah? yes <laughs> and and then you've got to think about given that location in your mind then you have to think about designing a dance sequence for 10 minutes yeah
6: well basically we will make a dance sequence before that but uh-huh. then we we are not given the information of the location okay. until the day before. Okay. So that we will have to adjust our dance according to the exact situation in that location.
5: Okay. So how difficult is that?
6: Well, I think it is quite challenging, I would say, but then it's also very interesting because like five local artists are quite uh, innovative and mature enough to adapt to the environment and quite experienced in that. So, um... But I think because Christian deliberately asked for that. And I think this is one thing that he mentioned quite often is about negotiation. So like as an artist, you have to negotiate with your surroundings. Uh So for me, it's a very interesting idea to keep the performance alive because we're doing it like outdoor with the people around us. But then you have, you're not just doing what you are told to do, but then you have to be responsive to the environment and also the people around you. So Mm -hmm. I think the the really short notice of the location really gives you that Alertness yeah. and anxiety.
5: I, I, it gets the an adrenaline flowing, doesn't right. it? I suppose that's the whole exciting part of it. Yeah. So, for instance, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know much about dance, but obviously you're the expert. <laughs> right. But, like, if you were given a location mm-hmm. and then you have um there's there's kind of lots of plants and flowers and things in that location but there's also water perhaps Mm -hmm. so when you adapt your dance like you know what kind of changes would you make like so you know right now you must be speculating as to where you're gonna Mm -hmm. do this right Mm -hmm. so what kind of things are in your mind
6: well basically i think this structure or instruction gives us really great range of freedom that we can choose and mm-hmm. i think this is also the trust that we've built because most of us has um has not worked with christian before but then we attended his workshop a few years before. So we kind of know each other's practice and preferences. So that's why he kind of also gives us the freedom to choose and adapt and change Mm -hmm. when we are actually in that location. It's hard to say like what exactly that we will change, but then this is also the exciting part of it. Yeah,
5: yeah. So now, um, is it going to be like... There's going to be five of you. Are you going to be doing it at a set time or are you going to be repeating it? Is it just the one off thing that people have to make sure that they get to to watch?
6: Well, uh, we will do it over the weekend. There will be several shows uh, mm-hmm. doing a- a- in one day so mm-hmm. that we will be like doing. Uh, repeatedly like over and over again. So I'm sure that would frame. change totally. as you
5: as you do it each time, right? Yeah, it, the daylight
6: and then different temperature, different people and then yeah, I think the experience is gonna be interesting for the audience and also interesting and a bit challenging for us as well. But I think yeah, it, it would be a fun experience and uh we haven't really designed the for example the sequence and or the the timing of who will do first. But then mm-hmm. it will depend on the process that we will be doing later on.
2: That was Xavier Ma and Joseph Lee on Friday's 123 show. If you would like to know more about the events taking place, go check out the website at FrenchMay.com. If you are passing by the busy streets of Hong Kong and come across some eerie looking all white bikes beside the roadside, these are in fact not an art statement, but something to commemorate those who have lost their lives in road accidents. To tell us more about this meaningful project is transport writer and broadcaster James Ockendon, where he shared with us how this project came about.
1: Well, it's a a memorial. Uh, It's a memorial to the cyclists who died last year, because normally every year we have a ride of silence, which is um, like an annual service, I suppose, for for deceased cyclists, people who died in bicycle crashes. Right. Um, There's been a lot of crackdowns on that lately, uh, even before the pandemic. But uh, with the pandemic last year, there was a very heavy police presence and and really the whole thing got shut down. Right. So I decided, you know, let's do something. I'll do something as an individual and make these memorials, eight memorials to the eight cyclists who died. This is your idea, Um, right? Yeah, well, it's, my, it, it, um, it's actually been done quite a lot in New York and in London, and okay. you'll see them in cities, uh, other cities. Um, it's been quite common now for about 10 or so years. There's not been many in Hong Kong. There's been a handful of these, but generally they get removed, obviously, quite quickly by authorities. Yeah, Yeah. yeah so I just wanted to do something to highlight these, um, because a lot of these stories didn't even make the news, and not even make Transit Jam, which is, you know, we are the that's newspaper his, covering. That's his blog that's yeah that's my uh, that's the website for you know we're covering road safety and we still miss four of these because they're not making any kind of noise in in police reports or anything so i think that's a, that's a shame and each one is a real tragedy and preventable yeah. and i think we've got to highlight some of these issues yeah uh
0: there was an article about this in hong kong free press this morning which you've probably seen um yeah. i'm wondering if you picked up on any of the comments or any any listen i mean everybody was approving but i just wondered if any of them struck you
1: Um, I haven't actually seen the comments. I just saw the story this morning. I've had quite a few messages. um, Quite a few people say that the vehicle's first uh, thing of the government is really a problem and that, you know, if they're cyclists, they're not getting the attention they deserve. Mm. Um, One guy wrote to me and said that he was a driver, overtook a cyclist, and was ticketed by police for crossing the double white line. I thought that was very interesting because... uh, you know, there's no safe way to overtake a cyclist without crossing the double white line. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed.
0: I've got it in front of me now. I just looked at it. Look, do you mind yeah. if I throw a couple your way and see what you think? OK, you're
1: yeah, the clean ones, please.
0: Yeah, yeah they're all they're all <laughs> very constructive, this. One lady says, as a bicycle de- as bicycle delivery riders, there are actually many of us in Sham Shui Po, Mong Kok area. I would yeah. say most drivers follow traffic signs, but pedestrians' riders often don't. Many cars parked illegally, trucks unloading, three lanes can often reduce to one yeah um pedestrians crossing the road whenever they want and the list goes on so um oh yeah bicycle riders pop out of nowhere
1: well, yeah, I mean, so there are some riders, especially those on, on the pure electric bikes now, they seem to not take any care about, of the people around Are they the them. ones
0: that look like cycles, but in fact...
1: Yeah, they look like cycles, and I, I think it's very interesting, and I hope someone studies this, is that if, they haven't, if they're not pedalling, I feel they're, l- they're a not lot cycling. less cautious. Mm. Mm. I, I, yeah, but I think they, they don't
0: care so much. And they go like they, the wind, these things.
1: They do, they do, and I think, you know, if people aren't actually pedalling, they're not taking as much care of, the, of their surroundings. Makes and sense. we do see that, they just shoot out um but that is a, really a minority Can you take it? Sorry, the baby's crying a bit out in the rain. uh, Oh dear, poor thing. We won't be long. That's fine. Yeah. So, uh, but pedestrians have a right to the road. I think there's an idea in Hong Kong that pedestrians shouldn't be in the road. But remember, this is our land, and the rules of sort of jaywalking, so-called jaywalking, are really from the car business that have said, okay, pedestrians shouldn't be in the road. The road is just for cars. I think that's a big mistake, and that's what we've got to solve in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, not as easy as it sounds. Let me give you a couple more. There's a bloke here called Tom who says blows my mind that a city prioritizes cars so much over pedestrians especially one where most people don't drive that's your point right
1: yeah yeah exactly I mean the most yeah so only 25% of families have cars um, but the problem is that's growing because cars are pandered to so there's that's growing very fast and we're gonna reach the point where really the roads will become unsafe to even walk
0: on or cycle yeah. on because
1: of the number of cars
0: so. there's an interesting one here says so totally agree yeah. that Hong Kong needs to drop its car free mentality cars kill not bikes well not bicycles, taking us back to the the electric bicycles. um, That slightly is a bit of a caveat in that guy's comment, isn't it?
1: Yeah, bicycles can be dangerous. I mean, let's let's not sugar pill it. Um, In fact, two of the the deaths that I've just been covering of the eight were involved in bicycle-bicycle collisions. Four of them were heavy vehicles, three were hit by buses, and one by a cement truck. So, those, um, but, yeah. but bicycle, you know. But if you go to Yunlong, where three of these incidents were in Yunlong, and they've got infrastructure, they've got the light rail, and they've got a cycle track. It's like Berlin, you know, it's wonderful. But, the cars have taken over there's cars on the cycle track there's cycle dismount signs on the cycle track and there's just trucks and you know i just saw a cement truck at the point i was putting the ghost uh, bike a cement truck came careening around the corner the guy's got one phone a phone in his hand he's not paying any attention he looks about 90 years which old. which area was this that was in Yunlong, that was on castle peak road Right. so up, he uh,
0: he wouldn't he wouldn't have expected to see anything other than the norm right
1: no exactly so I think there's potential there the infrastructure's in there it's wonderful but with this car first policy which has just taken over the last 15 years is
0: this an actual law or is this just what people say what law sorry you say car first yeah
1: I think that's actually observed. That's an observed law. You know, the fact that uh, drivers are not getting parking tickets so much, or that, well, they are now. They're beginning to change now. But I think the last ten years they've just put cars first. So for the tunnel, the Cross Harbour Tunnel, that should be buses only. At least one lane of that should be buses only. But it's not. It's for cars, uh, private cars, it's, which is for the elite really in
0: Hong Kong at the moment, and yeah. they slow the buses down. So when it comes to some parts of Hong Kong, plainly yeah. it will be a square peg in a round hole. I mean, do you seriously expect? bicycles to be able to survive successfully in Central, CBD.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I used to cycle home from Central or Admiralty or whatever up to mid-levels, yeah. and people say oh, it's so steep. Well, you know, firstly, we've got gears, and secondly, the road <laughs> <laughs> the road is hairpinned, you know, so the buses can get up. it, And uh, it's like a mountain road, so you go round and round and round, and, and it's, it's perfectly easy to cycle home. If you charge up Western Street in one go, take the hill in one go, yeah, it's hard, you're going to get hot and sweaty, but mm. if you just follow the road around... I think there's scope for it. You know, Queen's Road Central is three lanes down to one because of illegal parking. So people say there's no space for cycling. Actually, we don't even need space. We just need the other cars and vehicles to go slower.
0: I mean, if you cycle in any big city in the world, I was a student in London, you take your life in your hands if you cycle there. There is that onus on the cyclist to know they're in a very dangerous, often fractious place
1: yeah that's right i mean i used to cycle in london all the time before it was you know before there were cycle paths and whatnot and and i enjoyed it because it's almost like a video game i mean you're sort of going in and out of the cars and uh but london's really taken the initiative to slow the traffic down yeah and so i think there's 20 mile an hour limits across london now in, in the central areas and the cycle paths and those together i mean there's been a massive rise in cycling in the last you know decade or so so I think we could do it in Hong Kong, we don't need to build things, we just need to slow cars down and we need to stop this car-first car culture of the government.
2: That was transport writer and broadcaster James Ockenden. If you would like to follow the development of the project, check out his Instagram page at HKGoatsBikes. This month is International Drummer's Month, and to celebrate the occasion, Steve James will leave you with a few jokes, and I honestly feel so attacked because the drums happen to be the only instruments I know how to play. Take care and see you next week here on The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. This is
3: Radio 3. Yeah, see, I go to work three hours a day and push a button. Steve James. Steve James. Great, so now what do we do? Well, no, it's too risky.
7: Here we go, kids. This month is International Drum Month perfect excuse to make fun of the least respected of all musicians (laughs) with a few of our favorite drummer jokes old dusty classics which we beat to death every year ladies and gentlemen we present jokes about drummers jokes about drummers how can you tell when a drummer is at the door? The knocking speeds up and he doesn't know when to come in. I'm just going to um, re-edit that for a moment. All my drummer friends that I used to have. How can you tell when the stage riser is level? The drool comes out of both sides of the drummer's mouth. Jokes about drummers. What do you call a drummer that breaks up with his girlfriend? Homeless! Homeless! What's the last thing a drummer says in a band? (laughs) Hey, guys, why don't we try one of my
8: songs?
7: (laughs) Uh, Last word spoken by a drummer. What's the difference between a podiatrist and a drummer? A a podiatrist bucks up your feet. And finally, jokes about drummers. Best to last. What do you call someone who hangs around with musicians? That's right.
2: Three. Radio three. Radio 3.
0: This is the Steve James Wireless Program on Radio 3. You know this. Oh, the factories may be roaring with the boomalack a a wee But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Oh, a lawyer in the courtroom Yes? In the middle of an alimony plea Yes, my lord. Have to stop and help him for When the clock strikes four Everything stops for tea Here we go,
7: here we go. This day, 1966, the Beach Boys released the classic album Pet Sounds, widely ranked as one of the most influential records ever released.
8: Life was to go on, believe me. The world could show nothing to me. So, what could Should ever leave me The life would still go on